Alright guys, welcome back to episode 17 of the Primal Alchemy Red Pill Initiation Hour. Here with your host, Chris Story. So, as per usual guys, a few things to touch base on before we start today's episode. The first is a massive thank you. Again, got some good feedback off the last episode with Matt Maruka. I think everyone really warmed to Matt and really liked what he had to say. We covered some pretty far-fetched, far-out, really cutting-edge science in that episode, so it's pretty new to most that are um been listening to the podcast so far, but with some familiar themes tied in as well. So if you really do like the podcast, please drop me a review on iTunes. And if you drop me a review on iTunes and you can sort of take a screenshot of it, and send it over to me just to confirm that you have and validate it, I will give you a 15% discount code on the primalalchemy.co.uk website. But if that's a little bit too much for you, a little bit too much work to go out and actually do something for me in return, then guys, I'm giving you an exclusive 10% discount by using the code REDPILL. That's the code REDPILL at the primalchemy.co.uk website. So, check it out, and we've just updated the website, I've put on my new Ancestral Potential Coaching Programs, so within that we've got the Demigod Fitness Program, we've got the Quantum Fuel Nutrition Program, we've got the Optimized As Fuck Complete Program, which is a combination of the Exercise and Nutrition Programs, and I've got the what I call the Enlightened Biohacking Tutoring. So just to kind of give you guys a rundown on what the Enlightened Biohacking Tutoring is, it's going to be a service which allows you to have a one-to-one tutoring session with myself, and we will go over some of the latest sort of scientific-backed biohacks in order to optimize your health, but also combine that with my sort of specialty as well, which is going to be the more esoteric, ancestral practices, protocols in order to put yourself into old states of consciousness, in order to really, uh, really upregulate your health from a quantum level. So guys, if you're interested in taking your shit to the next level, and you want to come and talk to me one to one, that service is now available. And with that 10% discount code, you save yourself a little bit of money as well. Now, moving on to today's episode, we've got Miss Christina Maceas. Uh, Christina is a LA-based health coach, PT, and breathwork specialist, and I was looking at getting her, getting her on the show for a while, and she didn't disappoint. Me and her really clicked, and we had a solid conversation. A lot of a lot of stuff um, brought up for you guys that are in like bite-sized chunks where you can try it. Christina runs us through her primal coding breathing pattern in ways in order to tap into that parasympathetic. Uh, nervous system that rest and digest really bringing the subconscious into the conscious light and as well as that we cover we cover a range of things we cover how important movement is and how it's a lost art how movement can be meditation how it really sort of detoxifies the body through the stimulation of the lymphatic system all of that jazz some real good solid topics covered here and christina really is a gem really really putting out her own authentic um work it's and you can tell that she's doing this from the heart and i've got no, i got nothing bad to say about her love this episode love chatting to her and yeah hopefully you uh you love to talk too so 
Well, look at that. Four minutes in and I've finished the uh, the promos at the beginning. That's not bad, guys. I'm, I'm making my way here. Like, we went from seven minutes and now we've cut down to four minutes. So we're getting there. So, guys, strap in your seatbelts. We're going for a ride. Episode 17. Let's kick it off. Morpheus. Tell these fools what's up. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want to believe. You take the red pill, you stay in Wonderland, and I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes. As above, so below, what lies without resides within. Time for growth to begin. Mental, physical, and spiritual, we find balance with all three as we focus on totality. The whole, not the half, this is for those on a spiritual path. Looking for the clues to the answers of life But the truth ain't always nice So leave your ego at the door Let your inner lion roar And your spirit soar As we go deep down to the molecular level Tap into the body with some yogic breath Throw in some calisthenics for a true strength test Like the shamans of old We use the nature to heal With a little bit of DMT to reveal This whole life journey is a little surreal And your mind needs a leader Not a follower in life Let your mind be the master And you pay a hefty price This next 60 minutes is about self mastery it's not an easy path and it's a lifelong journey but we up to empower with this red pill initiation hour with this red pill initiation hour brought to you by prima okami the matrix is the world that has been pulled over your eyes to blind you from the truth three two one and oh shit we're live Alright guys, this is episode 7 of the Primal Alchemy Red Pill Initiation Hour. So, today guys, we have an interesting guest on. Uh, again, by now, you're probably going to be pretty bored with the same intro that I always give, that I always find this guest on Instagram because I dig their content and then I reach out to them and blah de blah blah Yep, you've got the idea by now. So, uh, yeah. I'm just going to kind of cover that again anyway, just to just to really tell you how of how I come across today's guest. And it really was, yeah, through Instagram. Uh, you can really meet some interesting people out there thanks to uh, social media when it's not used for um, for shitty reasons. And <laughs> yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been a great help of, with for me personally to be able to reach out to these people and be able to uh, contact them in the way that I never would be able to. If um if I didn't have it, I mean I'm here over in uh, England, and today's guest is out in a uh, rainy LA. I've been told. So yeah, I mean let's just uh, let's jump straight on in. So today's guest is Christina Maceus. Uh, she is a trainer based out in LA, and she runs her own little company or brand called Primal Coding. And there is a lot to that there's a lot that's built into this and there's a lot of subjects to cover which we will do and i'm not gonna slay it and uh make this uh make this sound shit i want christina to put in (laughs) to to actually like sell it for herself and give us a little (laughs) bit of background on herself and uh yeah we will rock and roll from there so i just want to give a warm welcome to christina thanks for uh coming on 
Hello, Chris. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I'm so glad that you were able to see some depth in what I do via Instagram. Because <laughs> yeah. that, you know, it's a uh, that, that one minute uh, time frames worked well. I've picked. I've almost feel like I've known you forever in that one, in those little one minute segments. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, it's it, it just it's interesting having just one minute to to really say clearly the point you're trying to make. You know, and I, I appreciate mm-hmm. that actually. It's like my, it's really my testing ground for things. That's what I use Instagram for. Um, and my YouTube channel is kind of the, the real, the place. You want my information? Go to my YouTube page. I make, I want to make people work for it a little bit. I've been mm-hmm. thinking about yeah, this they, lately, you know? <laughs> <laughs> they actually have to uh, put some effort in and, and actually yeah. type in a URL and search yeah. you out on, on YouTube. I've, I've actually watched a few of your videos on YouTube as well. And I love that. I love that shit as well. I love all the content you come out with. And it's, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's interesting. It's, but I've, it just kind of like, uh, slightly little tangent with the one minute thing on Instagram. I feel mm-hmm. like the one minute is almost perfect because if you really know something and you're an expert in something, you should be able to explain it well in one minute. And mm-hmm. if you don't, then it's too complicated and you don't understand it yourself. So yeah, exactly. it is, it is almost like a little perfect uh, clip it of, uh, for you to sort of express your, express your knowledge on the subject. And, uh, yeah, just to start things off, Christina, if you if you wouldn't mind giving us a little bit of a rundown about like who Christina is and what she's about, and uh, who am I? Who, yeah, who are you? What what what's your, what's your hero hero story in this incarnation? And yeah, just just give us a, a bit of a background. If that would be cool, please. Absolutely. So, um, I was born in 1986, and a rate. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Um, you know, I had a pretty normal childhood in Orange County. You know, I played soccer um, and then I ran cross country. And I think the the point of my journey really started actually when I was 13. Um, I partially tore my ACL uh, playing soccer. I was like maybe 98 pounds soaking wet. I was a small little thing. Had like no fear. I was just like, not realizing these big girls are just way bigger than me, right? Um, so I'm sitting in the physical therapy office uh, doing the little adductor machine. I remember this so clearly. And I just remember looking around at the physical therapists and going, wow, this is cool. They like help people heal. I want to help people. Like it was like literally just that simple thought that it still mm-hmm. sticks with me. And I didn't really, I mean, that was that thought. And then I went on being a high schooler, right? Um, senior year, took anatomy, physiology, got a C in anatomy, physiology, but I, I didn't care. I was like, this is so cool. Like, I love this. This is amazing. I, I knew when I went into college, I wanted to study kinesiology. And um, I went into school and I loved it. It's interesting because my first two years versus my second two years are actually like night and day with grades. Like I got on the dean's list when I was in like my, um, I think junior or senior year. That if you look back in my history, like that was not, that was not a thing for me. And so I really, it's because I really loved the subject. I loved, it was when I really realized I loved learning. And that's a huge part of what primal coding is. Just learning how to learn, how to apply, how to explore, because that is longevity. I see it in my, you know, my grandparents, you know, they're now 78 and 80. And my grandma, every time I go, hey, grandma, how you doing? She goes, oh, you know, just C and C, cooking clean, just cooking and cleaning for fucking 
60 <laughs> years. Sorry, excuse my language. <laughs> and, you know, you see her just bored, you know, and, and just, and I, I think about what I will be like at 78, 80, and I'm like, I'm be crushing life, like still climbing mountains. I imagine I'm like this long gray haired professor, just like teaching people, you know, um, about and showing people how to live, not just telling them how to live, you know? Um, yeah. And so sorry, I'm like going off on a tangent. Um, <laughs> oh, I like, so, I like tangents on here. You, you go off as many as you need to. Uh, I'm like, I'm now reviewing my whole life. Um, so, <laughs> you know, um, when I was in college, I did a couple internships and this is where it started to get interesting. You start to realize like what, you know, what you really want to focus on. And, um, I did like a 300 hour internship at a sports training center. So I did a lot of training for athletes, which really built a base, uh, for the strength coach that I am, the aspect of what I do. Um, but what really was the biggest teacher for me was when, uh, my mom came home from church one day and she was like, Christina, I got you an internship. And I'm like, what? <laughs> it was with the, the fire and policemen. Um, one of the people, the families that we went to church with, I ran cross country with her son in high school. I mean, it's a small little Orange County <laughs> community. And my mom overheard her talking about how she, one of the other cross country uh, kids didn't want this internship working with, with her at this community college uh, working with firemen around the the Southern California, my mom was like, um, "Actually, my daughter will take that." <laughs> <That's your daughter. laughs> like, go, mom, you know. Yeah. Um, and so I did this internship when I was like twenty twenty one, and I got to do exercise testing, and I got to you know learn how to hook up the EKG, learn how to read it, learn just absorb. And I was like, "This is awesome!" And so. Um, graduated. And actually, you have to either be in a, a master's program or have three years experience. And that was the moment when I, I knew that I didn't want to be in a master's program yet. And I think a lot of people rush into this. Um, you know, when I was in my program, I loved it. <laughs> I didn't go till three years after um, after I graduated. So I spent those three years really working with um, working at 24 Fitness. You know, I had some really amazing teachers um, in this small little 24-hour fitness in Irvine um, that, you know, taught me RKC. One of my manager had been a teacher in the Air Force, you know, and so had had learned from all of these really amazing teachers like, uh, you know, uh, Palaquin and, you know, doing the RKC and all that stuff. So I got to learn that, that movement aspect and that strength, strength aspect. And then, you know, three years after I interviewed for, uh, for the job and I got it. And then that's about six months into it. I was just like, you know what, I'm, I need somebody else to teach me, somebody else to tell me what to do. So I went into, I applied for grad school and I got in a year later and that's where everything started to happen because I had these three points of, uh, of learning and, and applying. Uh, so I had work, was working with the firemen. I um, was in grad school. And at that same time, you know, coming back to the beginning of the story, I had ACL surgery. Now, I didn't actually tear it in high school. It wasn't until I was 24, three or four, when I was really strength training and um, 
uh, I remember running up this hill and at the top of the hill, just like feeling it, something snapped. Like it was just like, my knee was finally like, okay, time to learn. <laughs> you, th- you think you go- you're strong, honey. You don't know. You don't know nothing yet. Uh, <laughs> exactly. So I was like, okay, before the surgery, you know, I am a tight uh, meathead pretty much. <laughs> I did all this lifting. I had no flexibility. And I remember going into my first yoga class and uh, I was, I went into like more like a basic yoga class. I was with a bunch of old people. And I remember it was so slow. This chick kept calling things yummy. Like, Oh, this is so yummy. And I'm like, Oh my God, <laughs> now I'm just freaking hungry. My toes are numb <laughs> because my hamstrings are so tight. Like what the... <laughs> <laughs> what is this? I should have gone to the more the more challenging class, you know. <laughs> I fucking like that yummy man. That's such a fucking term. Oh, it's yummy. <laughs> I'm like, no, it's not. I'm just hungry now, you know. And uh, so it was this journey that began of exploration, really, and going wow, and and going to these different classes, Pilates and things, and finding it was the first time I really f- was exploring the the movements that I needed. So I took from those classes these particular movements and then I would test them out on myself and then on my clients. And this was the beginning of my exploration and, and my curiosity. And, you know, um, I had the surgery and then I started reading about meditation. I'm like, okay, what is this thing? Everybody's all talking about meditation. You know, (laughs) I didn't try it until, you know, months later, but it was that moment when, uh, six months after my surgery, um, the guy I was working with to rehab my knee, who actually wasn't a physical therapist. It was just like a athletic trainer from the college. Cause I didn't have health insurance. Like it was a, <laughs> this was like a mess. I was starting grad school. It was just, I was in this whirlwind. Right. Um, but it was after that six months where I was like, Oh, I can practice yoga now, which I look back and I'm like, I could have practiced it the whole time, but I didn't know, you know? Um, so I started to learn about breath and what happens is when I learn something enough, when I have enough knowledge and experience on something with myself, all of a sudden something inside my, outside of my reality will, or outside of myself, will go, hey, Christina, um, do you want to teach this at whatever? My, so my boss calls me up and is like, hey, do you want to teach yoga at San Marcos? And I'm like, sure. She's like, okay, you need a 30-minute lecture um, before, so, before you do the class. I'm like, cool my gosh, I just learned all this stuff about breath. I could totally put something together. I was so excited. <laughs> and I was like 24 with a little less of a like conscious filter. So I was like super, <laughs> super excited. I, mean, I was 25 or so. And so I go there. There's, you know, I do, every time you go to a, a fire station or a fire uh, department, you have three or three days. Each day you have a, a lecture in the morning and a lecture after lunch. So there's six total. So you're, I'm, I'm repeating this over and over again. And so I had, there's about 16 in, in, in each group. And I remember teaching them and having all of them do breath of fire at the same time in unison. I'm pretty sure I scared them. <laughs> pretty sure you sent them to another galaxy. That's probably why. Oh my God. Yes, it was. And then I get an email from my, or a call from my boss saying she got an email from that department. Uh, I talked about breath too much. These guys were scared. This was seven years, you know, like five, six, seven years ago. Breath was not a thing, right? It wasn't it's something mm-hmm. that we really talked about. So, you know, they're scared. But ev- after each lecture, I had at least one person come up to me 
and respond with a story and, and open up and become vulnerable. And I told that to my boss and she's like, that's enough for me. As long as one person comes to you and, 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 and connects with what you do um, and what you say, great. And that's why, then that's where, again, I built Primal Coding in this environment of being my, my bosses trusting me. You know, my, one of them knew me since I was 13. So she really, they really supported me and allowed me to create and explore. And, you know, I was definitely the, um, the wild card of all the physiologists. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, and then that, you know, fast forward to now, and they really helped shape how I say things, you know, because I had to simplify them. I had to um, you know, distill them if we want to speak alchemical terms, right? Distill it to the simplest form so they can be relatable to them. So I spent a, a lot of time talking to blank walls and really, you know, um, frustrated people, you know, or just, um, you know, yeah, I uh, really got to them. So yeah, that's kind of a longer version of the story. <laughs> no, uh, it's fine. I think I was, uh, I just want to pick back up on what you said about when you were uh, younger and you were talking to your nat or you talked to your gran or your nan and mm-hmm. it just uh it's common amongst old people in that they kind of lost their purpose they've lost their meaning mm-hmm. and it ties in very nicely to one of the quotes that I've kind of uh it's kind of always in the back of my head which is a quote from Benjamin Franklin which is most people die at the age of 25 but aren't buried until they're 75 mm. and there seems to be a point in life that you are given a call to adventure you are presented with an opportunity that if you take it the it's a it's normally an opportunity that requires you to yeah leave your comfort zone it's normally something that you you're a bit scared of at the time and if you take it it will lead you on to a path that is going to be your kind of life's path it's going to open you up to a lot of opportunities you're going to meet the people you need to meet to learn what you have to learn but if you don't take it which i feel in today's world a good 95% of people don't take this call to adventure mm-hmm. and they get stuck in this shitty kind of um monotonous <laughs> yeah monotonous kind of just like empty like unfulfilled position which they can't get out of because the older they get with it the more that the more they have become attached to that comfortability and the more that they have become um sort of they can't take the risk that they could have when they were younger and mm-hmm. there's more, and there's. Oh, that's like, what they yeah. think, anyways. That's what, yeah, that's true. That is what, yeah, that's true. That's what they think. True, anyway. yeah. It's, um, it's always interesting because I love talking to people that have, uh, that have found their bliss, they've found their purpose, and they and they get after it. And when you get after it, you things, yeah, opportunities begin to arise. Like you find your, um, you said when you're 13, you you had that the seed was planted where it's like I want to help people, mm-hmm. so that was in a way a door opening up in your subconscious is in like, okay, I'm going to help someone one day. Mm-hmm. I'm going to help people one day. And then obviously you went off to college and then you found your kind of your passion. You did a lot when you were saying that you did your internship. Um, and then from there doors began to open and obviously you went in with the, with the, uh, with the fire department internship and it really b- began to create who you are today. And it's a, uh, 
Yeah, I, fi- I find that story fascinating, Christina. I think it's um, it's always interesting. Like I was saying, when someone has, uh, I love, I love knowing the the sequence of events that's built someone mm. to who they are today. So uh, up to scratch. So we're up into two thousand and nineteen. <laughs> so if you could give a breakdown on what I know, you give like a little bit of one then of the background of Primal Coding, but mm-hmm. you've got if you've got one minute, what's Primal Coding? yeah it's funny we yeah so does this minute start now i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah, now, like literally by a second go so, okay <laughs> so it's it's a it's a different philosophy it's a it's a way of life it's like my the way i move and the way i breathe reflects how i move about the world so when i practice movement I am doing it with a purpose. So primal coding really, it's every single person I work with starts with the breathing patterns, with the same breathing patterns. And then we move outward to the spine, to the limbs, to, you know, um, and then larger, more compound movements. And as we work through these movements, you get to see who you are, how you move about this world, and and watch that shift and change. It's it's really a beautiful um a beautiful reflection of of who you are and and it's a pathway to change you know um it's it's ever changing for me and i feel like <laughs> um i feel like being put on the spot in one minute is <laughs> you think i'd be used to this by now <laughs> no just like oh, i don't know i don't know that's that's, that's like that was, that was perfect and you summed it up right there that it is the uh the pathway to change and change is something that we're so kind of conditioned to kind of um guard ourselves from to because it's like or it's seek somebody else to do it if somebody else yeah. please change me hey i'm gonna hire you you just tell me what to do and i'll do it and yeah. there's that there is an aspect of that of that exchange like i love having coaches but it's the way that you do it <laughs> mm-hmm. that yeah. that that really creates the change it's the uh, purpose and intention behind it. And it's, uh, if we were to start to break this down a little bit then, so uh, breath work, yes. where, wh- what's your, what's your sort of philosophy on, on breath working? And that's, um, you can, you can literally hit this from multiple angles. I really don't mind what way you mm-hmm. go at this. We can talk about breath work in terms for, of uh, like health, well being, vitality, yeah. breath work for mindfulness, breath work yeah. for altered states of consciousness breath work mm-hmm. just in the philosophy behind it i really don't mind how you go about this but i'm interested to learn about yeah like what, what's what's uh what's your outlook on it all um i have a big huge smile on my face right now because you really just like you know really catered to what i'm about to say um yes. <laughs> so you described all these ways that the breath can be utilized and this is the thing we need a larger map of like connecting all of these dots, all of these things. There's so many beautiful things that people have explored. And I use, uh, I do actually use an alchemical symbol. I don't know if you watched one of my videos, mm-hmm. um, the Hermetic Seal. And it's just a s- triangle with a square uh, in go- encased in like a circle. And so um, everything can be broken down into three parts, right? And so... I, I want to use these symbols to help break down like really all of the parts of the breath. So if I use um, 
the triangle. Um, I am breaking down um, mind, body, spirit. And, and for me, it's attention, tension, intention. So that's, that's where this all starts. Spirit represents attention. Attention is this thing that we are, we are aiming to, uh, to refine, right? We want to pay attention to if our blind spots, we want to pay attention to how we move through this movement, refining this, you know, uh, learning that. Uh, and then the pathway to that is tension of the body, physical tension, or intention, inward tension, which is a thought, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we, uh, when I, we can go and we can enter in all these different ways. Like I can, um, you know, pay attention to my external physical body tension or for me where I maybe for my clients, I'm like, okay, squeeze your quad. They're like, huh? <laughs> or squeeze your hamstring, just your hamstring. Don't squeeze your glutes. You know, they're like, wait, huh? How do you, how do you, you know, and getting people to question and, or I can say, okay, what, what were you thinking about when you did this? Like, what is your, what was your inward tension? And then you can create your own inward tension, your own thought or observe the thought. So this is the foundation of really, you know, all practices. When you break it down even more and you get this square, well, that to me represents the four corners of the breath, not just the box breath. That's like a, that's an actual pattern. But I want to break down things into principles because when we can break things down into principles and create a map, then we can really decode all of these different um, breathing practices um, and connect them together. And some of them may have some crossing over. So example, there are then four different ways or um, principal movements that we can actually adjust in the breath. And I get all of, I get these things also from you know, weird movements. <laughs> like my master's in kinesiology, these are the principles that I learned for strength training. Okay, so you can adjust speed. Think you can do this for the body, you can do this for the breath. The volume of breath or for physical body and training, volume would be the amount of reps, right? Intensity. Intensity is the force production. How can you, there's a spectrum for all of this. What is the spectrum of intensity of force production? Is it breath of fire? Is it core activation? That's more extreme force, right? Um, and then there's lighter force, which is like the Takeo method, the really small, soft breaths. That'd be, that would be low intensity, low volume low speed, right? And then all within the construct of time, time within the total, like I'm doing this over three minutes, or also the actual, um, the cycle of breath. So however long it takes you to take one breath, the inhale, pause, exhale, pause, like how long is each breath? And so when you have these four ways of adjusting, I, I imagine these little like knobs on like this little computer like (laughs) right (laughs) and if i increase the speed and decrease the volume and do and all of a sudden you like attune to this specific uh frequency i guess you can say use this metaphor Mm -hmm. and and then you're all of a sudden you're like oh that looks like buteco method wait hold on let me adjust this knob oh wow that looks like wim hof method oh so if you just adjust all these things you start to see just what you're adjusting does that make sense <laughs> yeah no trust i'm i'm totally in on this i'm uh 
I'm literally visualizing because what the hermetic seal that you're describing is the philosopher's stone, which is actually on the logo of my primal alchemy brand. Mm -hmm. So I've got like an okay understanding of what, um, of what that symbol means. So I've, I'm just visualizing it in my head when you go in terms of looking at the square and you've got the four mm -hmm. corners of the square and you've got the speed, volume, intensity, time. Yep. And I'm mm -hmm. just, yeah. So go ahead. Like I'm, 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 yeah. I'm kind of like in a little meditative state listening to you just visualizing. <laughs> Absolutely. And, and that's what I want. I want my words to create an image in your mind because this is how we change things. I repeat. <laughs> <laughs> This is how we change things. Einstein, I'm, you know, some I remember multiple times seeing some quote that he said about the imagination being the key, right? Um, that chopped up that quote, but the, it's true. And so, what primal coding is too, when you practice breath, you are once you can actually imagine what your breath is doing, and this doesn't happen at first, and this is what pe deters people. It's boring. Well, boring is part of a spectrum. What's the opposite of boring to you? What's the opposite of boring? Joy. As joy. in like, in, or not, not even joy, like almost uh, focus. Playful, yeah. Playful ah, focus. That's the one, yeah. Playful, playful focus. focus. The state of just wonder, like, right? Like, wow, of intrigue. And, and I, I tell my clients, sometimes you'll get fucking bored. <laughs> but when yeah, right. I feel boredom, that's a sign. Okay, how can I change this? Or how do I, why am I bored? What, am I, what is my mind going to? Like, what am I actually, what is, so maybe that space that my mind is going to, and maybe that's an important thing. So there, there is something in this, in this boredom. Um, and the imagination um, really is the key. And there will be a transition. There'll be a shift. You just need to practice enough. This is about minutes in focused practice. I don't care how long you've been, you know, think you've been practicing the breath. Like it's, you know, I've worked with people and that I feel like for me, my best clients are the people who don't know anything, who've never been taught anything. I think that goes for most people. It's like, oh, blank slate. Yeah, come on. Yeah. <laughs> come on in. <laughs> I get you. I know you're feeling. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just with the symbol, I'm not an alchemist. I have not studied a bunch of books. Uh, that's one of my dearest friends, um, Avery. Uh, he has his own company, Kimia Arts. Uh, oh, is that know, me? Oh, he, is that your friend? He's on yes. the next level. His yes. stuff is insane. And he, yes. I've oh. been taking his stuff for a few years now. When I, can I tell you about my experience when I took uh, yes. oil of gold? Yes. Go on. <laughs> yes. Because he, he, he is a legitimate alchemist and yeah. there is a there is a lot of people uh, out there who are trying to ride that wave because it's quite hip at the moment to be into those sort of spiritual sciences but he is totally legit yeah. totally legit oh fuck yeah tell me about your experiences with that we'll take a slight tangent and come back to this breath work in a minute yeah, well, but it's i'm very, actually really interested it's very relevant to, to what i do because you know he is really helped me. He's the one that's like, here, here's the seal. How do you fit what you teach into this? If it's a thing, you can break your, what you do down any subject, any subject, you can probably take this idea and put it into the hermetic seal. If you yep. can do this, if you can break it down, then boom, you can, then you can teach it. 
So he would just, and, and, that, and that's how I got it. I was like, okay. And so I've been working on this since I visited him last year in Taos. Um, you know, uh, he, uh, he is the one that really inspired me. So rewind. <laughs> um, I think it was 2016. Uh, we met, he gave me the oil of gold. Um, within a week, <laughs> so the oil of gold, it will shed away anything that no longer serves you. So here's the thing. <laughs> if you're not ready for that, it's going to suck. <laughs> and this is the thing you're, you're taking. And let's just like, you know, for a moment, pretend that you guys believe this stuff. Okay. So I'm not trying to like prove anything anyway. This is my experience, you know? Um, and so he uses a spagyric, which he takes, you know, the, the principal aspects, the soul, the salt, the alcohol, and the, uh, what is it? I'm missing one. Now I'm blanking out. Anyways, there's a three, the three parts, mind, body, spirit, um, and, uh, and the oil. I'm sorry. There we go. And he takes them apart and puts them back together via lots of fancy lab equipment. And so what he's doing is he ex he's extracting the actual the soul, the essence of that thing. So I'm not actually consuming gold. I'm not actually consuming mercury because there's a, there's a, a metal for each of the chakras. Okay. And then there's one, there's platinum, which is the uh, eighth chakra and then antimony for the limbs. And he really, he really covers all the bases here. Um, although he is going to stop making the oil, the oils of metals. So get on buying those if you want. Right. And now I'm, it's an ad for, yeah, it's an ad for, he's, oh. he's progressing. So anyways, so the first week I took gold, my phone broke, my car broke, my computer broke. Within a week, two weeks, I had all of it was new. All of it, right? It was in, I mean, everything, what else happened? You know, I, I moved homes. I like all of these things shed away all of the realities that I thought I wanted to be in all of these situations like didn't serve me like done. And it was intense. <laughs> it was definitely intense. Um, and, but, but intense, but subtle because it's intense for the people who are, who do have that ability to, um, see subtle shifts in their reality. Right. Mm -hmm. So if you are so bombarded with toxins and TV and shitty food and, you know, no breath practice or any type of practice of clarity, then it's probably just going to fuck up your life and be like, this shit, why does my life suck? Oh, this is not doing anything and just throw it away. <laughs> yeah. That's like, it's part. It's a, it's a powerful substance. And that's why for a long time, like alchemy was kept in like there's the secrets of alchemy are kept secret, even to out practicing alchemists. Like it takes yeah. a lot of study and like dedication. Yeah. And really you have to, you have to kind of, you have to earn it. This time, yeah, you have to earn it. You have to you have to make a trade off with your with your own soul to mm -hmm. to, to the to the science of alchemy yeah. in return of like that's what real alchemy is. That yeah. the real the real alchemical science is the transmutation of the the base metal, which is the lead, which is mm -hmm. your base consciousness, and then it's the transmutation into the golden into the gold or your golden higher self. And it's not an easy um transmutation it, it takes work it takes heat it takes time it yep. takes pressure there's a lot of things that 
uh, when you're making that base metal into gold, which is the exact same um, methodology you would need in order to really be the best and ultimate you. And yeah. I appreciate anyone who goes through that the alchemical uh, <clears throat> process of transformation because, yeah, it's it's destiny. That's it, that's yeah. one of our purposes here on here on Earth. It was intense. <laughs> yeah, to sum that but, up, yeah. Uh, but I wouldn't have changed anything that I did in, in that time of my life. You know, I wouldn't. I, if I had to go back, I would do it all the same again. And um, yeah, it's just it, just all the principles and and you know, knowing him brought me so many to more so many more other ideas. I remember going up to one day and I was like, so what is what's about, what about fasting? Do you, he just looked at me. He's like, do you notice that? Like there's a lot of times I don't eat that much. <laughs> and I was mm. like, Oh, I didn't. And he just, but he just kind of let me like figure it out. You know, like he let me read the books and this and that. If I had questions I could ask, you know? And um, yeah. So that's rewinding coming back to the point. Like that's where I got the symbol. Um, that's how I now, what I use to break down, um, all of these things that um, that are being said about the breath. And I think we are in a paradigm shift, meaning if you look at all of the TED Talks from a, like beginning, like four or five years ago is when we really started like maybe sooner than that or more recent than that, uh, we started talking about breath, right? And they're first very like, simple. Okay. If you breathe into your chest, that's sympathetic. If you breathe into your belly, that's parasympathetic, like very basic. But mm -hmm. now what you're hearing are things that are starting to be more detailed. We're laying down the layers of, of information and giving people this like saturation point. You have to hear something enough in order to absorb it. It's like, you don't go, Oh yeah. Okay. I, I get it. I get it. What's next. It's like, if you're hearing it again, shut up and listen, especially if you have the attitude of, oh, I've heard this before. Motherfucking listen. Like, let that shit go into your DNA. Like, okay, maybe you don't need, you can understand it, but it's let it soak in because it becomes second nature. Just when I was in grad school, beginning of most classes were kind of the same. Like, here's the anatomy and here's the bones and here are the things, you know, like, here's how it works. Like, well, we already did this. How easy is this? But then you're like, oh, shit, how easy is that? <laughs> I think that, I think it worked, you know? And so people need to understand this concept of saturation of information and, and, and repeating an action is the same thing. It's not words. It's not content um, from outside of yourself being, you know, read to you or you're reading or shown to you. It's you inputting information into yourself through just a simple pattern. Yeah. It's like uh, a mantra. Yeah. They don't change. How many times that we've been chanting mantras for, eons but do we ask like what's next after this word like is there and you're like dude bro like <laughs> keep going <laughs> hopefully you'll find it you know like, i don't know um so yeah breath is in a beautiful place right now um i want to be that point of application i want to kind of connect all of it you know i think um Primal coding is ever evolving. Like I will never retire. Like how beautiful is that? You know, like that's as I learn, it learns and it grows. And um, it's a really beautiful process. <laughs>
<laughs> yeah, I'm I'm totally on that same vibe. I'm the exact same here with my Primal Alchemy brand, and it is a continuous uh, path. And everything that everyone that I get to talk to on this podcast is I take er- I literally I sit here and just kind of meditate while you're talking in terms of just soaking up this information and what you're telling me and then some things that people say resonate some things don't but it's good because it's I get I it's I get to bring that information in towards into myself I get to transmutate it into an experience and the experience is what's gonna then I can then turn into wisdom so it's that applied knowledge making it work for yourself and it becomes wisdom and it becomes a part of you and I think that's an important aspect and like you're saying then with the saturation and you just keep keep listening keep listening keep listening have that mantra where it's planting those seeds and then those seeds begin to blossom into the new you and it's uh you the real that. you <laughs> yeah the real you exactly you're re- you're all you're doing is relearning about yourself everything that yeah. you learn is already inside of you and you're just relearning it and yeah you like we were saying earlier that you you meet the right people at the right time to learn what you have to learn and uh I love again. I love all this philosophical shit. Don't get me wrong. Just for people that are listening, what's what's the sort of? I know you're talking about. You have the um, that sort of uh, breakdown with speed, volume, mm-hmm. intensity, and time. Mm-hmm. If someone's listening and they're just like, "What the fuck is Christina talking about?" But no idea. I was like, I didn't listen to this to hear about alchemy. I listened to this to learn some practical <laughs> shit. So, what's the? What would be your sort of go to for someone who's brand new? And we'll yeah. do two. We do someone who's brand new to breathe to breath work, and then we go to someone who's got got like a pretty good backbone of experience with breathing. They might do some breath of fire. They might do holotropic breathing. They might do like a a few different ones. So if we and then mm-hmm. we can kind of say what you would suggest for each in terms of to make progression them in the most um, what you feel would be most beneficial for them to practice. So if we start on baseline for someone who's brand new to breathing what would you say is the best breathing technique not the best but you know what i mean like mm-hmm. the the one that's going to show that's going to be able to show them that there is merit to practicing breath work so it's it's interesting um i have i do have one pattern for that i that i will always start with this is the pattern if you're in front of me and i've never observed observed your breath before I like to start with the closest thing to the tidal volume. Everybody wants to start off with a deep breath. Stop it. (laughs) Stop. (laughs) When I was there, I'd smack your hand. (laughs) It's like if I were to say, hey, um, I want you to deadlift. And then you're like, okay, let's max deadlift. But you've never deadlift before. It's like, come on. That's tempting. That's tempting. <laughs> I probably think for that. I'm, I'm sure. Like, I'm sure. So like, you know, so we we go to these already structured, like, okay, I want you to inhale for five, hold for eight, exhale for six. And you've never even tried a breathing pattern. This is bad. It's like never actually learning how your joints move and then just going and doing CrossFit. Not going to end well. Sorry, guys. Yeah. So I start with an inhale three, pause, exhale three, pause. And how about we take a minute for the listeners? Well, let's, let's real live application. 
And I'm just going to take you through a minute of this breath, and then we're going to talk about it. Cool. Let's cool. go. Yep. All right. So if you have the ability to close your eyes, please close your eyes. If you're driving, please keep your eyes open, and you can still do this breath. <laughs> There's going to be people that just close their eyes regardless. So. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Maybe on your hand, Christina. You fucked. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so eyes are closed. Now we're going to breathe in and out of the nose. If you want to create a little sigh, that's okay too. Just start to breathe in and out of the nose. And if you can begin to notice where the breath wants to go, don't try to direct it anywhere. It doesn't matter where it is. Just see if you can feel where the breath currently wants to go. Good, and begin to inhale, two, one, hold, and inhale, three, two, one, hold. Did I say inhale? Wow, I just messed that up, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> I'm just holding my breath, and I'm like, oh, I can't breathe oh anymore. Oh, I've never messed body. that up before. <laughs> oh, no, pressure got to you. Fuck. <laughs> All right, we're going to just kidding, guys. Just kidding, guys. Okay, round two. <laughs> Shake it out. <laughs> <laughs> At least I got you into a playful mindset now. We gotta, we gotta laugh. So let's begin to inhale, exhale through the nose again. Let's begin to inhale for three, two, one, hold. And exhale, three, two, one, hold. Inhale, two, one, hold. And exhale, two, one, hold. Inhale, two, one, hold. And exhale, two, one, hold. Inhale, two, one, hold. And exhale, two, one, hold. Inhale, two, one, hold. And exhale, two, one, hold. Inhale, two, one, hold. And exhale, two, one, hold. And take a small inhale, pause. Inhale a little bit more, hold. And exhale, hmm. And just in and out of the nose here. Let the breath flow how it wants to flow. Try to release control and just observe. And you can slowly open your eyes. All right. Wow. Hopefully, no one's died. So yeah, I thought I was. Uh, I thought I was nice. I was, it was relaxing. Yeah, it doesn't take much right we want to take all these large volumes of air to control these certain it's like just make it small and soft right and so what this what this pattern will do is it will show me how people move through the world because not everybody can hold that pattern at first which i remember on my youtube channel i was talking about box breath and inhale four hold four exhale four Hold for, and I heard this guy commented. He goes, 
well, uh, I can't, what do you mean people can't do this? Like everybody can do this. This is stupid. Like da, 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 da. And then he proceeds to go, well, I can inhale for this and exhale, like showing off. And I'm like, oh God. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, okay, great. Well, actually not many people can hold this pattern. And so what I want you to ask yourself is what aspect of that, if it wasn't as calming, uh, what aspect was more challenging? Did you feel that the the top of the top hold and pause was kind of like mm, giving you anxiety or you wanted to just exhale? Or could you hold the pauses very naturally and keep that? Because that is, let's see, one, two, three. That's an eight second cycle of breath, right? So if we're talking eight second cycle, we're talking about about seven and a half breaths per minute. Okay. Or seven breaths, seven to eight breaths. And this is where we get into the breaths per minute and the, what these breaths per minute and these different rates do to our mind um, and, and our physiology. And this is where we start to use this pattern of the four corners of the breath, right? So um, we're using these, these and, and manipulating these corners so I can inhale for three, I can hold for three, or I can hold for one. And, and, and when we manipulate these things, um, we can start to carve out um, uh, more clarity in, in not only our breathing pattern, but our, our mind. And so we, I also have people really close their eyes and um, count their breaths per minute. And this is a really beautiful reference point. And this is what I want to create for people, reference points. So remember how that one minute felt for you. I want people to do that for three minutes every day for a month and see what happens. When it's comfortable, that means you've carved the tool. It's not, okay, what's next? Just like information, right? It's like, keep repeating. And I use it. I can get calm in 30 seconds. You know why? Because my body, the second I apply that pattern, my body's like, oh, I know where we're going. <laughs> yeah, I can go, I can go back there. Yeah. Yeah. So you guys are creating tools. We are creating tools over time so that our natural intelligence can take over. It has an option. It has like a, a vocabulary list, if you want to say, or like a, you know, a movement library of all of these patterns of breath, whether it's breath of fire, uh, which is Kapalapati or, or Kapalapati, which is uh, my core activation breath. Those are two different things. It's another conversation um, or another subject. Um, but yeah, so try this. And if anything, you can increase the holds. So then make it equal. Inhale three, hold three, exhale three, hold three. I would start with that. If I'm beginning, just start with that and, and notice, um, can I do it with ease or is one part you know more challenging than the other? I recently worked with a, a student. I'm actually going to um, film a little story time. I, I think if you saw my story time with Christina on my YouTube page, mm-hmm. um, and there, I had this interaction with this woman and I watched this breathing pattern and she could not keep a pause, not even like a one second pause. She would just immediately inhale and exhale. Like I would try to guide her with my words. She would not pause. And then she would just completely like after a minute or so, her mind would wander. Right. So these are all reference points. Okay. I asked her, I was like, do you notice that you're not pausing in between? And she looks at me and she goes, well, pausing is not part of flow. So why would I pause? 
And I'm like, oh, Lordy. (laughs) She got a lot to learn. But look at how beautiful is that? Like that showed me how she moves through life. Literally, that's how she thinks. And I asked her again, and I was, I was like, so what is, what is, why, why is pausing not part of flow? She goes, well, when you pause, it means you're hesitating or you're scared or you're, you know, you're not doing what you need to do. And, and I was like, whoa, okay, we, we tapped into something here. I'm not going to tap into this a little further because that's, this is, again, this is the work I do. It's like, not everybody's ready to open up that much. We had just, it was like, she came to one of my classes and um, she was the only one in the class that day. You know, it was like right after the holidays and, you know, all that stuff. So I got this like one-on-one, you know, little interaction with her and I started to really crack open some things and I go, okay, well, to me, what if, or to you, I guess, what, what if a pause meant a space of observation? What if it, what if it meant this moment to reflect? And for me, uh, when I speak, what if it's a moment that I want these people that I'm speaking to, to absorb the information, right? I, I want them to really take in what I'm saying. So we pause. And I am constantly learning this. I love to talk fast and I like to talk. <laughs> so this is a you know, practice that you know, I'm very familiar with. And she just looked at me and, I'm, and I just got these images of like her as, you know, just a young child, like really experiencing this pause and this, this, this fear. And I just did, I mean, I didn't say anything further from that, but if that doesn't show you like the reflection and, and really in these simple patterns, there can be a lot of things held there, a lot of emotion. Like it's not everybody wants to work with me. <laughs> <laughs> because, yeah, I mean, and I don't want to work with you if you just want a nice ass like you know you're losing, not, a, you're losing a lot of clients there Christina. I don't care <laughs> it's, I don't care because it's not my passion it's not what I do and it's 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 hard you know because of course I just I want to you know be successful and you know be able to support myself and, and I do very very much so you know um I've built a business and I have supported myself just me for three going on four years now not to say it was easy not to say that's perfect but I wouldn't have it any other way you know I'd rather have the uncertainty and and work with people who found me and really I've it really shifted and changed the way they look at their life and their body as well you know yeah and they're doing pull-ups they're deadlifting I'm still making people strong and look good but it's a different philosophy of doing it yeah, it's different intention behind it. There's a difference between training someone to be strong on the outside or training someone to connect with themselves on the inside. And it's uh, which is where true strength is, because that yeah. strength of knowing self and that strength will be with me when I'm 80. If I just mm-hmm. want a nice ass, like eventually that motivation is not going to be there because you got like two kids and a, a husband and you're working and you're, you know, not it's not everybody. But, you know, that's really a, a common story, right? Oh, I'm, I, I literally watched somebody go, Oh, I'm 36 now. Like, what do I do? Like, I'm like, you're fucking, are you kidding me? I'm like, yeah, I know. plan to be way stronger when I'm 45. I have a feeling that my peak of everything will start to kind of be reached at 40, you know, like <laughs> maybe, I don't know if I'll, you know, I'll just this constant expansion. 
Yeah, that's that's the mentality you got to have. It's uh, just one thing I wanted to touch base on with what you're saying about the people that are uncomfortable with pause, the mm-hmm. space of observation, mm-hmm. and yeah, I feel I feel like I I feel like that's something that being brought up in Western sort of civilization, we're not. It's something that just doesn't. It's like there's friction there. It doesn't grind. It doesn't. It, it's not a smooth transition into being able to apply that into your life because we're always told that it's always go, go, go. There is no time for pause. If you're pausing, then you're gonna fall behind, and if you're falling behind, you're gonna lose. And if you lose, <laughs> no, no one, no one wants to be. No one wants to be friends with the loser. No one wants. No one wants to fuck the loser. So that's <laughs> so it's uh okay, now we're have... we getting into your do we need to talk about something here? I'm just <laughs> oh, shit. Man, my subconscious my subconscious just split I mean... right then. <laughs> Fuck. Right, I got I gotta I gotta control I gotta control myself and not make these splits anymore. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's it's interesting. Loads of people have a struggle with with that pause because that pause is when you're. It's just you and because you can with your breathing, you can focus on the the inward breath and you can focus on the outward breath and you're focusing on something. But on the pause, it's almost like you're not focusing. It's just observing, and it's the okay. observing that you're observing yourself. And loads of people are not comfortable observing themselves. They don't so like what's there. <laughs> yeah, they don't like what's there because they they haven't taken the time in order to see it before, and they're and they're scared of, well, seeing what's there, and what's there is not going to be what their ego has built them up to think is what's there, yeah. and uh, yeah, it, it, it links back then to what you're saying with the attention, tension, and intention. The yeah. attention, attention, it's the attention is where attention um energy goes where attention goes and it's Uh the same sort of thing and people are gonna be uh they're gonna find it difficult and maybe that just such a simple thing like oh you can't hold that you can't pause you can't do that it might it probably has a lot it's probably rooted deep into their subconscious why they can't do that or why they've they're not allowing themselves to do it so yeah i just it just it just just kind of rang a bell in my mind when you were talking about that and it's uh it makes perfect sense yeah And, and so again if you're a beginner you can go to my YouTube channel and I'm pretty sure I've made public uh, the box breath um, and this like beginner's box breath, which that's what I just call it. Um, beginner box. I don't know. I just label I'm naming shit now, you know, <laughs> which is the three, three pause, three pause. So if you're writing down ratios, which is starting to be a common thing now, I know like Brian McKenzie and then my good friend, PJ Nestler, they talk about of XPT. Um, they talk about um, the ratios. And really, we start to write these down. So like three, 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 one, three, one. And um, I'm going to create a video really talking about how how these fit along the, the uh, breaths per minute spectrum. Um, so if you are, I guess I answered the, the beginner question. So let's go to more advanced practice, mm-hmm. I guess. Yeah. So if I'm talking about my practice, we'll start with that. Um, it's really intuitive. I have, when I first started breathing, I intentionally spent a lot of time sitting down, being bored, setting a timer for 10 minutes and going, okay, you're going to do this for 10 minutes. And it's the longest 10 minutes of my life. And then over time, you know, like now I set a timer. So I don't like, if I only have 15 minutes, I'm like, okay, I should have better set a timer. So I don't go over, you know, (laughs) it's, uh, I, I want people to have the ability 
to read their own body. And this is another concept that I'm kind of um, cultivating is the idea of the story written in your body, just like the example that I just said, like that's the story of herself, of her life written in her breathing pattern, right? And I was working with someone the other day. She's like, she actually said, uh, so this is another woman who is actually the opposite of this woman. She's, I was going through breathing patterns with her and she's really beautifully carved out all of these patterns. Um, and she, um, wow, I totally, um, I brain farted about what, <laughs> wow, a lot of input. What was I saying about her? Um <laughs> Uh, natural intelligence. Oh no. Dang it. <laughs> uh, we... so well. That's okay. We're going to come back. So, okay. um, so my practice, um, and I have carved out all of these patterns so that, Oh, this is what she said. Okay. Nice. Back. <laughs> We're back. Back she, on track. she can read the story. So she understands what her body's telling her, but she doesn't know how to talk back. Hmm. Okay. She's yeah. aware. There we go. See, there we go. Reading myself. Mm. Got it. <laughs> so it's like, okay, this is what primal coding is. How do we develop this ability to not only read, because some people don't even know how to read, right? Uh, but also write the story in our body. And so each morning I get up and I sit up in my bed. I just cross my legs, sit up right away. And I usually will just practice a variation of the box. Like I just go whatever comfortably I can inhale, comfortable pause, comfortable exhale, maybe with a little compression, maybe a little longer, a little pelvic floor squeeze and inhale and just slowly start to open up my ratio. So I move, when you work through the different um, like larger ratio to smaller ratio, you're actually moving through the different volumes of your breath. So I'm just clearing out all those spaces or I'll just do like three to five minutes of alternating nostril breathing or, you know, but, but that could also be, a, there's a variation, a spectrum of that for me, like either it's really small inhale for three, pause, exhale, three, pause. Like I take those patterns that the beginner would use and now I'm applying them to, to more, um, to different actions. I call the box breath, the magnifying glass of exploration. Mm. Yeah. when you can learn that pattern you can apply it to movement to breath and my natural intelligence in my body tells me what i need so if you've inputted enough practice of specific patterns you can start to weave in and out of them and this is again a state of exploration you know um and and that's what's needed curiosity and it's ultimately it comes it's not as exciting you're not like learning new things you're just i'm brushing my teeth every day i'm doing you know box breath maybe throughout the day like i spend one minute doing it it's it's sprinkled into my reality right and sometimes i'll have intentional like i i did kundalini yoga for many years and sadhanas and things like that and sometimes i will have an intentional like mantra or you know uh, meditation that i will do in the morning not all the time you know, it, it, your, you, your natural intelligence should be working for you. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but there's a, there's a pathway to, to training that. And so with that woman that I worked with, uh, that, that didn't want to flow <laughs> or was yeah. confused about flow. Um, I, her, her comment to me was, 
in the beginning was that she always felt like her breath was catching, trying to catch up with her movement. She'd just taken classes for, you know, she'd never really had a trainer. And, you know, here's the thing, people. If you, if it's hard for you to maintain without movement, any of these breathing patterns, imagine what happens when you add it to movement. This is not going to work. And it's, you're, you're, you're really working that CO2 tolerance. (laughs) Mm. So that sense of air hunger, right? CO2 tolerance is signaled by that sense of like, oh my gosh, give me more air, right? That's just your signal in your brain going, hey, there's a lot of CO2 and we've adapted to only this much. So we think this is a lot. You should probably take another breath, you know, Um, (laughs) but that could be trained too. So, you know, um, using the box breath to and applying it to a pattern. And, and so this woman, I had her apply it and I had her inhale and just bring the spine forward, exhale, round back. Well, the second I added to movement, oh my gosh, did that pattern change? She would inhale all her air really quick, move, and then like exhale it out and then move. So there was, it's interesting, there was a pause in her breath with movement. But it was completely off from the actual movement and how <laughs> Yeah. So again, seeing further how she moves through life. And you know, this is she's applying this breath to these movements in a yoga class, a really fast one, in a in a she used to go to Barry's boot camp, you know, like I'm like, oh so you have all these people that are unable to hold this pattern and then absolutely not able to apply it to movement in in its various forms, right? Yoga would be more smooth, longer. Well, it should be, although yoga is just power yoga. So it's probably inhale for two, exhale to no pause, right? Think about how power yoga that's so popular, but really yoga is all the spectrum of sometimes I will intentionally match my movement to my breath. Think about that. What if the breath was leading? And so that's what I do is my advanced practice is I will choose intentionally. Okay, today I want to, my breath is feeling really good today. So I was able to do this bigger ratio compared to, you know, every other day. So this is important why you do it every day. So you can go one day, you're like, oh, this is different. <laughs> so I will say, okay, I'm going to inhale for five and exhale for five. No matter what movement I do, I'm just doing like some basic sun salutations. My movement has to be that slow. My end of my ex- my exhale will be when my hands touch the ground. So I'm intentionally matching these things. Again, for some people, they're going to be like, duh, this is yoga, Christina. But I can tell you, I can tell you, again, this is going back to the just listen. This is a saturation point <laughs> for those people, right? And But then the people who are like, huh? You know, or like, oh, yeah, I do that, whatever. You know, or I don't know what the various responses to this, like I work with enough people to know that and go to enough yoga classes where sometimes I should, I should just, I try to drown out the, the abnormal breathing around me. (laughs) It's hard uh, to go to yoga classes and not hear everybody's breathing is off, you know? Um, So as an advanced practice, take a note of what patterns you've learned and, and then how are you applying them to all uh, your whole life? When I'm sweeping, when I'm, you know, when I'm doing anything, I don't know. <laughs> I do know, actually. Sorry, I, I need to stop saying that. I'll find myself saying that. I don't know if you say that. Sometimes we say something really important and we just go, I don't know. Just forget everything I just said. Yeah, and you're like, well, I do know. Yeah. <laughs> I try to catch myself every time. So <laughs> So with the, with the patterns, 
Um, how long does it take on average to, on yeah, on average mm-hmm. to create a pattern? You know, it's there's really a big spectrum. But you give me a month, and I can give you very very basic patterns. You know, um, that you're and find your your comfortable zone. It's not all of it has to be so hard, you know, like your comfort zone will expand over time. Like everybody's always rushing to, to improve. Um, I usually like, I really like to work with people for at least three months because I work with them the first week and I give them what I call daily coding. And I use actually, if, if any trainers out there are listening, coaches, True Coach, it used to be called FitBot. True Coach is freaking awesome i am just like advertising people on this thing i guess <laughs> yeah i know you need to get some affiliate codes on the <laughs> yeah seriously um but true coach i spend like 50 bucks a month and i can have 20 up to 20 clients there's an app that they can use and i've uploaded all my meditations um all my exercises from my youtube channel i have a whole library that's actually not like public right so i have applied that and i just create their program. It's a really wonderful platform. Um, so you have this daily coding. You know exactly what you're going to do um, each day. Um, and pattern. Remind me of the question. I was trying, again, went on a tangent. Saying, coach. Yeah, just... <laughs> fucking brain fart. Um, <laughs> yeah, just, uh, just on average, like, it was just how, how long does it yeah. take to create a pattern for like in that for for like an average person i mean yeah. it doesn't have to be like some superstar stud athlete or anything like that no. just a normal person but sometimes it's longer for the athlete because they have so many patterns we need to recorrect so mm, it really can yeah. be like i can get somebody to breathe into their belly in a day i can get sometimes it takes a couple weeks for them to really relax into it um and it's really about your intention how well you how much how bad you want this you know, and, and how well you can relax. And, you know, uh, it's, uh, if you, are you asking, are you asking me to teach you how to change or are you just trying to, to make me create the change in you, you know? Um, and, mm. and this is where, you know, not, again, not everybody is ready for um, what I'm giving them. Uh, but yeah, it, it really varies. Sorry, I don't have a specific answer. <laughs> That's cool. I was just wondering. Yeah, I was just yeah. interested in what your thing was. So, um, yeah, I mean, that's pretty much tied up breath work, which kind of then leads us on to the other part of um, the other part of the primal coding, mm-hmm. which is going to be everything to do with movement. Mm-hmm. And this is something that anyone who just quickly, like while you're listening to this right now, if you hit up uh, Christina's Instagram and check out her shit that she's got on there with what she's capable of and what she's doing, it's so fascinating. Like you really, like you, you're on some next level yourself, Christina. Like you can Thank tell, you. like you've been putting in the work with uh, your movement practice, and you can tell that it really is like a a meditation for yourself, which I believe mo- the real movement really is is a meditation. And I've got some pretty far fetched like woo woo shit theories <laughs> on. on movements what movement is and what it and how it relates to meditation like Hmm. the way that I feel it like I'm 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 very deep into like esoterica and sacred geometry and Mm -hmm. ecstatic dance and all of that stuff I love I love that and what I feel like is that (laughs) me too yay (laughs) friends yeah so what 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 I feel 
is that when you are doing movement itself, what what's actually happening? Well, if you're looking at it, you're creating shapes, rhythms with your body. And what are shapes? Shapes are geometry. What are, what is geometry? Geometry is frequency. So what mm-hmm. you're doing by doing these movements, you're creating these different uh, rhythmic patterns with your body, and you're basically creating sacred geometrical shapes in motion which is going to alter the frequency in your body and the frequency in which your brain is operating on, which puts you into a deep state of meditation or deep state, or you, or, and you can, you can do that to alter yourself into like an alpha state, beta state, theta, or if you're going to, if you want to go balls deep and go gamma and (laughs) connect to that collective whole, then maybe that's a possibility as well. But I mean, that's one of my real far fetched kind of like woo woo things that just goes over people's heads. But Mm-hmm. Um, I was interested just to throw it out your way because I know that you'd probably be able to relate to that. And I bet you've been in some pretty interesting spaces internally while you've been doing your uh, movement practice. Absolutely. Uh, mm. I've had multiple somatic experiences of healing. Nice. Thanks for not making me sound like a complete moron then. In the no, green not, it, not at all. <laughs> you really hit a key, a key topic. Um, and this is... Uh, two different philosophies of movement. One mm-hmm. that lasts and creates resiliency and one that gives you a really awesome bod, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. The power of number one, really creating mobility, so usable range of motion and really searching through the whole range of a joint. You know, you know how many people do like half reps, right? Or like half range, you know, the bodybuilders like getting the volume in like that type <laughs> of working out is like, I don't, there's nothing, I'm not going to tell anybody that it's wrong. There's no wrong or right. Okay. It's, it's, it's intention, what you intend to do with it. And some people just don't want, don't, they don't want to search through their life and heal themselves. They just want to work out. That's okay. But when I, before I created a, like a real philosophy of my practice, I was working out to hold in trauma. Okay. Uh, well, let's, let's dive in a little into my personal life a little bit. When I was in okay. college, I, um, and I, so I've been trying to actually tell this story on a, on a YouTube video and I have not been able to do it. Um, cause it's a really, for me, it was a really intense time in my life. And I was dating somebody, um, who was not a very nice person to me at times. Um, there was some abuse, um, more verbally, uh, there, and I don't want people to feel bad. I'm not a victim. This is, is part of me just acknowledging that <laughs> going forward. Um, this is because this is relevant to, to ha- to my healing. This, that was a huge part at the end of our relationship. He, um, there was some force put into my back three different times, like boom, boom, boom. Right. It wasn't so hard physically that it physically injured me. But that shit emotionally injured me. I had no idea to what extent. And, and I continued after that relationship to start to strength train. And you know what I did? I got my back so strong. My deadlifts, my pull-ups, I could like pull up with, you know, do pull-ups with like a 35-pound weight. Like I was beasting, you know? This was actually also before my knee surgery, right? Going back like mm-hmm. in my early 20s, just 
crushing it and wondering why my shoulders were kind of like hurt and my, my chest and my, like my squats and my pushes weren't, weren't as strong. And they were kind of like the ratio was a little off. And so fast forward, I'm training with a friend of mine. Um, we trained and I wrote programs for us for like a good six months. Like her and I got really strong and it was really awesome to have this partner. And she also has the same like philosophy of movement, you know? So it was a really this open space to explore. And I was at Gold's Gym, okay? I was at Gold's Gym in Venice. <laughs> I get all my rings, I do a dip, and I get to the bottom of the dip, and I press down, and for the first time, I actually felt, I, it's like I saw my chest light up, like all of my pec muscles, like every muscle. So I finally got to that deep end of that, that dip. And I pressed up and I got off those rings and I wanted to cry. <laughs> mm. I wanted to cry. And I got this flash of, holy shit. This whole time, I was like maybe 28 or 29 at the time, like four or five years ago. I, I had been just working my back. I've been putting layers of protection because of what happened to me physically in my back for so many years. Mm -hmm. And my shoulders, which represent the way that like, so my hands are like my little love, love receptors, I like to call them. Like they just receive and give love, like, you know, <laughs> and they were, they were off. Like the joint and the attachment to, to my heart was just like always a little off. And I, I, I'm pretty sure I almost cried. I definitely got teary eyed because I realized I was past that point. It was time to like, to lead. It was time to take, a, take charge of my heart and strengthen my heart. I didn't need to protect my back. And I had another, I had an experience. I was with my cousin in San Diego for her like bridal shower. And this was more like a subtle experience of my reality. So like it was really happening internally for me. And I, I normally walk in front of people, not, I just walk fast. So I'm usually in front. Like I imagine like leading from the front, but what are you doing when you're leading from the front? You have these people behind you to protect your back. Mm. And that whole time I had this urge and I was like, be behind them. Be behind. And so I started, like, I started realizing I was walking behind them, like not in front. I wasn't walking fast. I was walking slow because I felt like I could put my back to the world and I could protect myself. And I was protected. And you can lead from behind too. There's another way, you know, another right, another wrong. It doesn't matter. And and even fast forward now to most recently, um, I finally was able to do like a, a negative one arm push up. Again, furthering this strengthening of my heart. At the time, I was I was dating somebody. You know, we're no longer dating, but it was um, it was my friend mentioned this the other day. He was like, "It's like the campfire rule. You leave them better than you found them." And I truly feel like that was that was the case for that person mm -hmm. that I was dating. And I really was, my heart was opening and I was vulnerable and I was allowing myself to be. And it was, a, it was just a one-arm push-up. Like, what do you mean? You know, like, what is, it's just, but it's not just a one-arm push-up. And, and so I want people to, like, realize that when we move, we have this ability to access all these aspects of ourself. If you choose, you don't have to. You can just work out to work out and just do the, you know, 
chest and your chest press and the things and whatever mindlessly cool it's not like you won't be healthy i mean it's 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 still a way of living right Uh, i choose to go deeper in everything that i do so yeah going to a workout class is boring for me this is the thing like now it's like fuck like i need to have a purpose i need to have a reason this is why i love rock climbing because i can progress in something like you tell me what yeah. to do, I will progress and I will have this. And when I progress in rock climbing, oh man, does that reflect in all aspects of my life. So once you open this bubble of, of knowing that your the way you move in your practice, if it's a practice, will shift your reality. You want something outside of your movement, like, you know, in life, look to your movement. When I climb physical mountains i am breaking down mental barriers so i truly believe <laughs> in what you're saying <laughs> well, that's good that was a good ex- that was a good justification of what i said i'm glad you- i'm glad that we've uh, come to the same conclusion and it's uh yeah I've, have you this is like a bit of a tangent but it just made me think then when you're talking about a lot of the uh like something that happened and it kind of on an energetic level affected you. Have you practiced or played around much with bioenergetics? Um, you know, I know the term. Um, I'm not sure exactly. I mean, bioenergetics mm-hmm. for me, if like, if you want to talk kinesiology, that's different than I think. What yeah, it's, it's different. It's di- yeah, I know that the bioenergetics. Yeah, is like, yeah. But I've also a... heard it as a term, as more energetic term. I've studied Reiki. I, I've done the Reiki Master Path for oh, like many years now, and I do quantum touch as well, so I can shift bones with my breath. Hey, really? Yeah. yeah it's like a yeah, uh, ever, and that anybody can obtain. So, what, what for you? What's bioenergetics? I'm curious. Well, again, I know where you're coming from when you say what the first thing rings to your mind when you think of bioenergetics. Because I did a degree in exercise physiology, so mm-hmm. I understand when you're in the scientific realm what bioenergetic means. Mm-hmm. But what I was referring to with this was something I picked up from Elliot Hulse, and he was. Um, it's essentially just like a way of stretching and it's a combination of stretch breath work and kind of intention in that it breaks up a lot of stagnant energy within your sort of meridian channels in your body mm-hmm. and it's it has quite an emote you have quite an emotional response when you're doing it like if you're not used to it and you do it for the first time like there's a position called bow which is essentially you kind of put your hands onto your lower back push through your hips pull your chest open lean back and you kind of like really like forcefully open your mouth and you kind of like suck and you really pull your eyes open and like suck air deep down into what he calls into his balls like you deep you deep yeah, you like breathe, into, breathe deep into your balls yeah and then <laughs> you kind of breathe it all in and then you kind of let it out and then breathe it in and you can feel different parts of your body begin to like kind of like ache and you begin to vibrate what? like your whole like your whole body begins to shake uncontrollably Who's like this guy? Like, Elliot Hulk. Hulk, has, yeah. how do you spell his last name uh h-u-l-s-e okay trust he yeah he's he's great he he studied under paul check and he cool like, oh yeah paul check's the man he he fucking gets yeah. it he's part i call it the 150 club uh i'm gonna leave 150 years club just like uh, I have, I have a handful of people who are in my 150 club. 
It's like not I'll a question. I'll, yeah. I'll join not, that uh, club with you. And, and I don't think it's um, even more about like me actually living to 150. I, I, because I think it's truly possible. Every cell in my body believes it, but it's it's that lifestyle. Okay, like you, 150 club, let's go. <laughs> yeah, like, fuck like, it, man. That, that, that 150, um, I think I think um, if you want to go so extreme, I think it's I think it's possible to become immortal, but yeah. shit, let's, we don't have to go too deep but into also, that. But also, everybody <laughs> who's obtained that, like talk, talk to Avery about being immortal, really, it's like there is a path to it, but it's, when you grasp for that, it's like, it's a path that just naturally happens. It's not like every, every person in history that has searched a king who searched for immortality has died in the most like hilarious way. Right. Like, yeah, Yeah, it's kind of, yeah. It's like a self-fulfilling prophecy. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, no, bro. So So it's a fine line, right? It's a a fine line, but definitely 150 is going to be a a cert for sure. But uh, yeah, just back to that biogenics quickly. It's very interesting. If you do try it, um, like anyone that's listening, you can give this a go, like straight up. You literally want to, you kind of want to be grounded. It helps if you're grounded. Um, and you, yeah, you just kind of push through the hits, pull your pull your chest open, push push through, take those deep breaths in, and you know you're doing it right because you will start to like vibrate and you begin to feel very uncomfortable. You feel like you might get like I got a lot of um, beady breath in it out through the nose, or just like a it's, big no, it's through so it's just big through your mouth. Like I'm trying to do it through the microphone, I was like, yeah. <sighs> and you're trying to get all the air out. Yeah. Okay. Just pulling it all the way in and then all the way out, all the way in, like really Bring forcing your mouth. Yeah, really forcing your mouth open, really okay. forcing your eyes open, staring up into the sky. And yeah, you begin to shake and you begin, you get like kind of emotional. Like I was feeling like a lot of um, tension around my collarbone, a lot yeah. of tension in my, um, in part of my leg. And then the more I sort of got into the breath, the more it kind of felt like I was kind of like working through it. And I was, it almost felt like it was melting kind of like I was like the energy was starting to like kind of seep through whatever blockages was there. And it's, um, it's, it's increases your emotional intelligence, intelligence, uh, like tenfold really. Like it's really helped me from a certain part of my life into where I am now. And it's, I do it every day, five minutes. There's a, there's a few different positions you can do. Um, but that is a good entry position to give a try on. And, uh, Yeah, I just thought just when you were talking about what you were saying, then your little uh, backstory, I thought it was something that was a good, uh, yeah. a good shout to try for sure. Absolutely, but, um, it's similar to Kundalini yoga and its effects in that way, like that heightened mm-hmm. like mouth breath or like speedy breath with like a challenging movement. Have you ever practiced Kundalini yoga? Yeah, I've um, yeah. I've 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 uh, I've gone to certain levels with it, and yeah. again, it's, it's one intense. of those uh, little, little yeah. like you know, I don't want to use the word culty, but because I appreciate it, but also it can be like. Definitely, <laughs> definitely culty. But I can search through all of that and like get real some real things from it, some real lessons. It's been a beautiful uh, entry, but I don't believe it's for everybody. You don't have to do. Whoever's listening, don't have to do it. <laughs> If you're, yeah. there's Qigong, which would be the under, other end of the spectrum, right? But this is really yeah. interesting. I'm definitely going to check that out. Thank you, thank you for sharing that. That's, I love that. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, I think you're definitely worth giving a giving a little check anyway. Even if it works, if you do it once, you're like, fuck this, this is shit. But trust Elliot's a fucking like Pandora's box. If you open him up, he's got a lot Ooh. of wisdom. 
Is he have a YouTube channel or is it more YouTube or yeah. Instagram? Okay. Yeah, he's 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 pretty big. He cool. he's um he's pretty big time. He's uh, I think he's based out your way as well. So mm-hmm. it might be worth if you like him, just like trying to find a way to connect to him. He's actually on because Paul Chex just started his own um podcast as well. Ah, nice. Living in four D, and mm-hmm. Elliot was one of like I think he's like the fourth guest in. Okay, I'll so check that he, out. Yeah, cool. check him out because obviously it's great just listening to Paul and I can listen to Paul yeah. all day, and mm-hmm. it's good. Just be able to listen to Elliot as well it's like he does a lot of stuff to do with like modern day masculinity um in terms of like that sort of holy balance of fine of he says that in order to become a man you have to be a woman first well I mean modern day uh you know femininity you can't even say the word yeah Yeah, that's something that is very different than what people think culturally right as being feminine Mm -hmm. but yeah that's a whole other wormhole (laughs) yeah I feel like there's loads of wormholes that maybe you could easily get through. So sticking on to movement, sticking on with movement. uh, One of the things that I do want to have a brief going over is all to do with the fascia. And so you could talk about myofascial release. You can talk about what it is, what it like, why it's important to understand in terms of our day-to-day life. Because it's one of those things that there it's starting to it's starting to be get a bit of a bigger name within like the health and fitness industry and i know that you're switched on with this so if you yeah. want to give a little bit of a, a breakdown of what it's about and we can kind of work off that for a little bit before we begin to tie in because we've already gone an yeah. hour 30 deep into this and i could i could literally i could probably like sit here and talk to you for fucking hours <laughs> so we're, we're trying to yeah, try yeah. keep a, a reasonable okay. two hours so i'll keep this short and this i want to tie in the store the, the story idea so i'm really trying to, to play this i really want to create an image of like you're opening your own book you're writing your own story well there's different conversations that you can have with your body when you going back to the beginning adjust the knobs that i was talking about just these principal patterns the speed the volume the intensity the time so we're going to kind of magnify into this state of intensity or force production or irradiation, right? My ability to squeeze every muscle in my body at the same time, right? And squeeze it with grace, not without, without I call it on your face, it looks like you're having tea with the queen. <laughs> fuck the queen. I know that you Americans like the queen. I mean, fuck it her was just, I don't know. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> Hitting another nerve. I just literally, yeah. that was just like what I kind of, the metaphor I came up with, the idea. <laughs> that's a, that's but, a bad metaphor. You need to change it immediately. Otherwise, you're going to have problems. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> My bad. I take it back. Uh, anyway, so. So there's levels of force production and that will, um, you know, input different conversations with, with the body. So we'll talk about uh, ways that people have already mapped this out. So we have FRC, functional range conditioning, you're familiar with, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, if for those who are not familiar with it, it's a way to build, I call it joint awareness. Like most people don't know how to squeeze their muscle 90%, let alone squeezing their muscle 30%, right? Can I, and and what happens is when I say squeeze 30%, they'd stop squeezing muscles, right? They're just squeezing 30% of whatever. Can you squeeze everything 90% or can you just squeeze everything 30? Think about that. Like how can you switch back and forth? Most people don't have a, a awareness or a spectrum of experience for this. And so we, there, 
the way I explore my fascia is through different um, different conversations. So the conversation of my body with deadlifting and really in extreme intensity. So a lot of external force or body weight calisthenics where I am applying and adjusting the lever of my body to create more force. When we have external force, this is where change occurs. Structural change can occur. We can use tension to release tension. This is one aspect, right? So I... Again, if you're familiar with FRC, they go through the joints, um, you squeeze every muscle and then you move through the whole shoulder movement. You, can, you guys can look that up. It's a whole other, whole other world of things. I've personally worked with um, a mobility coach, Bodyflex uh, is his Instagram URL. His name is Andre. I believe he's in Germany. He takes it to a next level, which I love. I love next level stuff, <laughs> right? And he that he works with the same principles a little differently, but really the idea is external force to create tension, or I'm creating the tension. How can you squeeze every muscle? And this is a practice. Most people, when they squeeze every muscle, they like get their body out of this neutral position, right? But can you use your exhale then? And and that's the next step is now. Can you create this ability to produce tension with your exhale? Okay, so that's that starts the conversation. Are you in and out exhaling through the nose? That's going to have a different conversation than if you in and out through the mouth or into the nose, out through the mouth. Um, a woman once uh, was explaining to me, oh, shoot, I don't remember the breath, but she was saying that each of these, and you, you may know more about this than I do, um, about when I breathe in and out through my nose, it brings me to a different way, brainwave state than mouth, mouth breath and nose, mouth breath. Are you familiar with that concept? So it'd be, it basically is just affecting if you're sort of targeting the parasympathetic you, or you're targeting the sympathetic. So it's going to be like fight or flight or rest and digest. And then that's going to put you into a different brainwave. More, yeah. Yeah. You'd be more accustomed to like an alpha beta in mm -hmm. one and more of a theta delta in like the rest and digest. Yes, exactly. I, again, I, I don't know. I'm not going to go too deep into that because I'm not a hundred percent clear. I, I'm still kind of looking into that. So um, you have, this is one on the end of the spectrum, right? You can create this changes and then you have um, your, so you have this extreme tension and then you go to the middle and you have yoga where it's like you are squeezing, you know, 30, 40%, you're going through the movements Again, connecting it with a nose, nose breath. And that's going to have this really soft, you know, um, <clears throat> excuse me, opening conversation, right? Uh, and then you go to the other end of the spectrum where you have no tension. So you're working with gravity and subtle awareness. So this is the realm of Feldenkrais, of Alexander technique, of Qigong. And, these, mm. and when I move slower with less tension in my body, right? I'm working more with my energetic states. And so it becomes more like fluid, right? I'm inhaling, exhaling. And sometimes with Qigong, my breath is just kind of sitting in the background. It's really small. It's, I'm, it's not necessarily moving with my breath. Sometimes it is. Uh, it really depends. Um, and this is an important conversation too. You know, um, we need to be able to relax every muscle, and we need to re be able to tense every muscle. And I think um, when we do this, this again, going to the next layer to the fascia, you're creating either, you know, this like solid, you know, structure or a more fluid structure. I kind of, in one of my posts, I um, compared it like metaphorically to like a non-Newtonian fluid, 
right? So like with that fluid, the more softer you are, the more you can engage the fluid. And it's like, put your hand in it. It's really smooth and moldable. And the second that you add speed to it or you hit it really fast becomes like solid and tense, right? This is the kind of the same concept with like, right? With With strength training versus like Qigong. Again, two ends of the spectrum, same spectrum. So I ask people to kind of look back at their life and what conversations have they had? I, was, I had this conversation with a client recently about breathing ratios and she's wondering why, like right now we're working together and some of the stuff is that they, we're doing is making her angry. <laughs> making, yeah. All these emotions are coming out and I gave her this chart and I go, okay, think about the things that you've done in your life. She was a CrossFit athlete. She was a dancer. She does Wim Hof. She does, you know, all these things that are such like a sympathetic actions, right? And like, so... um just so fast, a high breathing rate. Um, and these also are different conversations with the, with the fascia itself. Um, I'm like, girl, like, can you spend at least, you know, 10 to 20 minutes a day in a state of um, three or four breaths a minute? I don't care what you movement you add to it. I don't care what you can just sit down and, and breathe that, but stay in that state of mind. And I think that, you know, that breathing pattern too has a different conversation with, with the fascia. And, um, this is a little, I guess, a little more abstract uh, way of thinking about it. But this is this is how I look at my clients and go, okay, where do you, where have you been? Where do I need to take you? And this is how I determine what practice I use with my clients. I've definitely over Skype done an, a twenty minutes of ecstatic dancing with one of my male clients. Like, really? I, oh yeah, I was like, bitch, I'll turn on some house music. We're gonna get down. <laughs> And we did, and it was awesome. And it you saw him break through shit. Like he was so tight, such a tight little CrossFit athlete. You know, not little, but like you know, it's just like had <laughs> been so just like oh tensioned. His fascia just wanted to relax, and it needed to be in a state of safety, a state of play, which um, ties into the polyvagal theory and this idea of safety. My clients, when I know that they're they're in with me, they're laughing. We're giggling. We're like oh, we're having fun. We're joking around, and that's where that's where everything is going to to align. You're actually going to absorb, right, what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I hope that answered your question about fascia. <laughs> yeah, uh, I was just I was just interested in what you're on what your uh, outlook and perspective is on it, and it's uh, yeah. I'm not a, I'm not really a foam roller. I'm not anymore. Yeah, there's 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 loads of interesting things that I feel like there's still to be discovered about it. Mm -hmm. Like I know that it has it's a it has sort of um, semiconductive properties to it, Mm -hmm. and obviously with our bodies being bioelectrical, Mm -hmm. it is the sort of the messaging highway of um, in terms of electrical impulses in the body. And I find a lot of the intricate stuff like that very interesting in Mm -hmm. how our how our cells communicate, how different parts of our bodies communicates with it, how the central nervous system, the peripheral nervous system, how all of everything mm-hmm. just communicates with itself. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I think the I think the fascia is something that is going to get a lot more time in the limelight as we progress 2019, 2020. And I feel like it's going to become the next, it's going to be, it's going to be classified as an organ on its own. And the lymph, there's, there's new findings yeah. about the lymph, fluid as well um if you look at stop chasing pain um nicholson i forget what his first name um perry 
I think it's mm-hmm. Nicholson. He's another great, I just did his uh, lymphatic mojo aquarium little fit, workshop. Um, so he talked, he does a lot of great things about releasing pain and via the lymph. Um, now what I do think I use, I use is like the yoga tune-up balls because I think it brings awareness, like to be able to find a spot of tension, to learn to breathe into that spot and to feel and see that tension melt. I think pinpointing is, is great. You know, I think that there's a time and a place for that. Um, you know, even maybe before a workout. And then I think if you're going to do something like that, make sure you're educating the tissue after, right? You're going to release it. Okay. Then I'll tell it what to do. Don't just release it. It's just going to come back. You have to train Mm -hmm. the muscle in its full range of motion. Um, truly, I think to get some, some actual change. So yeah, I, um, I'm all for the yoga tune-up. Do I do it enough? Probably not, but I, I love like floor work and primal movements. I feel like it does that does its job pretty well. So nice, yeah. I think um, I think we should tie this one up mm-hmm. before we uh, fall into another deep rabbit hole. <laughs> yeah, it's a great conversation of many holes. Yeah, many rabbit yeah. holes. <laughs> <laughs> But I mean, I, I could easily stay here and we can, there's a lot of things that I feel like I need to pick your brain on some more, but maybe we can do that some other time. Yeah, and, uh, absolutely. Yeah. So um, just to sort of tie this up or to begin to tie it up at least, um, the way that I normally sort of end this sort of shit is I ask uh, the guest if you could, well, I get, okay, excluding what we've talked about today, which I know is your <laughs> bread and butter. So this is going to kind of be yeah. a bit of a shitty answer but i'm sure you've got some other tricks up your sleeve if you could if you could give someone one thing be it physical mental or spiritual uh that's a practice a protocol whatever you want to say um that you feel would take their life to the next level Mm. what would your advice be um i guess just regarding like everything that i said this past hour and a half journaling Mm. I, I just I had my journal right in front of me and I was like uh what but you know what the the power of writing thoughts down and I think the alchemy of that I guess in this like um not in the physical sense but just that like idea of you know transformation you know um and transforming your words and my cousin a long time ago told me she's like Christina don't ever write anything negative in your journal and I go, huh? Like, how? she's like, then you're just going to close that up and you're going to put that away and it's just going to stay there. She's like, transform it. If it's going to, if you're going to write it and be negative, how do you spin it to make it a more positive outlook? So now you're really changing your way of thinking and your, your thought process. And I think that we don't do enough writing uh, with a pen or a pencil, Write. Try to write in cursive. You know, try to use, like, not type all the time. Like, you, I have so many notebooks where I write things to actually down. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you know, before I journal, sometimes for my dreams, or if I'm recording this or this or that, or write, you know, poems or whatever it is. Um, like the power of expressing your thought. Nobody ever has to read it. It doesn't have to be pretty. Be like, today is Monday, and... I feel like shit, but, but it's okay because, you know, and then you're like, wait, shit, no, that's, that's bad. But like, (laughs) but so you're, you're kind of like activating thought. I think that, you know, it's such a simple practice, but it's, it's a very powerful one. 
Yeah, I actually love that one. And this ties in very nicely to something that is kind of like a a long-ass mantra that I kind of repeat in my head on a daily basis to remind myself to do exactly what you're saying here, which is to watch your faults for they become words. Watch your words for they become actions. Watch your actions for they become habits. Mm -hmm. Watch your habits for it becomes your character. And finally, watch your character for it becomes your destiny. Mm -hmm. So just a simple thing is just writing down your faults. You never know. You don't know what's in there. (laughs) Yeah, you never know what's in there. Those those thoughts don't come up for no reason. And it's like you're it's the internal dialect with yourself. Get those thoughts down onto paper and you never know what one of those thoughts might lead to you really finding out what your destiny is and Mm -hmm. helping you uh, help you on your path to fulfilling that. And uh, yeah, yeah, I think uh, I think that's a a good one to sort of. uh, close up on so christina thanks for coming on with everyone that's for everyone that's uh loved this podcast which i hope is everyone because it's been fucking dope um, <laughs> and they want to hear and they want to hear more from you or they yeah. want like where where can they find you like what's your sort of social media handles yeah youtube so primal coding social media um emma youtube i am currently have some spots open for clients um so if you're interested in working with me please you can contact me at Christina with a K. So K R I S T I N A at primalcoding.com. That's my email address. Uh, I'm coming out with a program. I'm really trying to get it out in the next month or so. I'm really pushing for it, just working with uh, non responsive people. Anyways, (laughs) so um, life. No, it's more of the universe like dangling it in front of me, being like, are you ready? Are you ready? But um, this program will be like working with me and it will be going through the layers of the breath and how uh, basically I wanted to create an experience of a consultation or working with me for a month. These are the things that I go through. Um, So give people like a filter, like, hey, go practice these lessons and then come back to me. See, and then I can really see a lot about you, whether you finished it or whether you you didn't, what you got from it. Um, So I'm really right now focusing on trying to create this uh, content that people can purchase and you can have your own, you know, medit- downloadable meditations and videos and, and take your time learning through these things. Um, and uh, my YouTube channel is where is my bread and butter. I really, I need to, my goal this year is to post more. I have so much content written down, <laughs> but that's where you're going to really get the, the ideas and the theories. The Instagram again, is just like the playground and um, yeah, it's not so much about the Instagram. I think it's about the, the education in the channel, the YouTube channel. So yeah, that's sound. I'll um I'll throw all that into the show notes as well and make okay. sure everyone's aware. And yeah, okay, let's so uh, let's close this one up. So yeah, again, Christina, thanks for coming on. Thank it's, you for having been, me. It's been fun. Yeah, for sure. It's, yeah, it has been fun. It's been fucking sick. So um all right guys, hopefully you've enjoyed it. So that's episode seventeen. We're on episode seventeen now, guys. Yeah. Episode seventeen of the Red Pill Initiation Hour. That's cooler than night. Guys, keep woke as fuck, and I'll see you on the other side. Peace.